the buzz. Say hi to Hannah. Hello. She's like a lot of kids in her town. She uses the internet daily and loves to play video games. But here's something weird. Next week is her grade eight graduation, and suddenly her smartphone is sending her advertisements for fancy shoes, upbeat dance music, and glittery party hair gel. It's almost like someone out there knows what's going on in her life. Creepy. The truth: every computer or phone click and keystroke Hannah makes is being controlled and stored by big data companies. Sometimes they sell that information to other companies to create super-targeted online advertisements just for her. It's called predictive marketing. Ad companies try to predict what you'll want to buy before you even know it yourself. But individual ads aren't the only thing big data can be used for. Those billions of tiny pieces of online information from millions of people can be collected and analyzed. And used to create something even more far-reaching. What do I mean? Well, let's say Hannah and another million kids start searching online for the word pineapple. Companies track these searches and decide, hmm, pineapples are hot for some reason. Kaching! Time to cash in. Now pineapples are everywhere, on T-shirts, in songs, even on soccer balls. By tracking what Hannah and billions of other people do online today, companies can use what they know about us to manufacture the fads of tomorrow. It turns out some flash-in-the-pan fads are not so out of the blue after all. It's not just word of mouth. It's not just kids thinking something is cool than telling other kids about it. Instead. Some fads are carefully crafted by companies and organizations to make us want to jump on board, change our behavior, and even convince others to join in too. Today, we're going to take a look at two manufactured fads: the unicorn frappuccino and Beanie Babies, a fad that went seriously wrong. I'm Kira Vermont, kids author, journalist, and triple jump champion. True story. You are listening to the Buzz Kids Edition, based on my book Trending: How and Why Stuff Gets Popular, illustrated by Clayton Hanmer. The book is for kids eight to twelve, but if you're a little younger or even a lot older, you'll probably enjoy it too. Question: What looks like a unicorn, smells like a unicorn, and tastes like a unicorn? Back in 2017, Starbucks, the popular coffee chain, unleashed a new drink fad almost as awe-inspiring as any magical creature—a fairy-hued concoction sprinkled with pixie powder dust. It was called the unicorn frappuccino and touted as being as fleeting as a rainbow. In other words, it was only available from April 19th. The twenty-third. Days before the official launch, Starbucks not so secretly leaked photos of the drink on social media, and soon coffee fans were raving. Then came the launch. The unicorn frapp was blue and pink, all right. 
It was also lit puckeringly sweet with a whopping 14.5 teaspoons of sugar in a 16-ounce drink. But buyers didn't care. Many stores ran out of ingredients within a day. Lucky customers snapped pictures and posted them online. Not everyone thought the drink was worth the attention, though. To be clear, this is the worst drink I have ever purchased in my life," wrote one reporter in the U.S. It tastes like orange trident gum and hot dog water. Don't waste your money on it," implored a Twitter user. But as far as Starbucks was concerned, their manufactured food fad was a success. Love it or hate it, the unicorn frap got the world talking about its coffee shop brand. So, what does it all mean? Well, word of mouth is ten times more successful than advertising when it comes to creating hoopla, excitement. Research shows people trust other people, not companies. The Starbucks marketing people probably knew this fact, so they set out to generate word of mouth buzz between friends and social media followers online. Here's how. Number one, they piggybacked on existing trends. People were already posting food pictures from their phones and computers, and the more colorful and outrageous, the better. Starbucks also knew that magical animals were trending on social media. They even admit that's where they got their idea. Number two, they made it Instagrammable. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? The colorful unicorn frap wasn't really meant to be enjoyed, but to be shared online. It was all about getting the word out, not making a super delicious drink. Number three, they made it scarce. People want what they can't have. Not only does scarcity make something seem more valuable, but it sets off a competitive streak in us. You got your own hands on a drink? You didn't just buy it; you won it. Scarcity also drives us to fear we're missing out. Finally, they made it for you. Yep, you. There wasn't any coffee in the kid-appealing drink. That way, Starbucks could market it to kids and teens too. They were probably hoping if new young customers came to Starbucks, they would turn into fans for life. Just so you know. The unicorn frappuccino itself was pretty harmless, really. Well, besides the sugar high. But not all fads end with just a few belly aches. Some manufactured fads can turn into downright dangerous, costly obsessions, even about something as seemingly harmless as cute stuffed animals. Here's the story. Imagine it's 1998 and you're browsing through a gift shop in California when all of a sudden a masked man runs into the store. He yells at the employees. Everybody, get down! I have a gun. The thief isn't there for the money. He actually strides right past the cash register, ignoring the bills inside. Instead, he's come for something far more valuable: beanie babies, little animals stuffed with plastic pellets, like a beanbag. And this is a true story, really. This robbery happened at the height of the beanie baby craze of the late 1990s. Within a few short years, what started out as a fun collectible stuffed animal pastime somehow took a very dark turn. 
At first, the toys appealed to kids. Beanies were small, only $5 a piece, with names like Blackie the Bear and Halo. Then their popularity exploded, not just with children, but with adults too. Newspapers ran unbelievable stories about 13-year-olds making over a million dollars by selling collections. Moms bought them by the carload. A super rare beanie baby sold for $10,000 on eBay. One family even sunk $100,000 into the stuffed animals and lost nearly all the money they'd saved for their kids' college education. Meanwhile, a man in West Virginia murdered his co-worker over a Beanie Baby deal gone wrong. The fad eventually tanked, and today, millions of worthless Beanie Babies are abandoned to basements and trash bins. So, what does it all mean? Ty Warner, the mastermind behind Beanie Babies, knew how to create a toy fad frenzy by manipulating supply and demand. Supply is how much of something is available, and demand is how much of something people want. So he created novelty by introducing new toys people could collect. If you listened to the last podcast, you know that our brains really like new things and grab our attention. But he also created scarcity by retiring some Beanie Babies. Warner knew that people often crave what they can't have. So when a Beanie was retired taken off the shelf, it meant collectors grew anxious that they would miss out. The scheme worked too well, though. One former salesperson later described Beanie Babies to a reporter as something really cute that just brought out the worst in people. Yep, Beanie Babies probably would have gone the way of most other kids' fads. Boom, bust, and on to the next silly and usually inexpensive thing. But that's not what happened. Instead, the fad went dangerously haywire because greedy adults turned cute stuffed animals for kids into a way to make money for themselves. Beanie babies were treated like currency, and the fad went from a fun pastime to a hazardous obsession for those who got caught up in the bubble. In fact, some people would call this extreme fad a craze or even a mania. By the way, a mania is a period of great excitement, extreme enthusiasm, euphoria, delusions, and overactivity. That's the definition. And really, the Beanie Baby mania was all about gambling. People thought they could buy a beanie for five bucks and then sell it for a lot more. Get-rich-quick schemes are about taking risks and hoping they'll pay off. And for a few people, they do. Yet for the majority of us, gambling just leads to an empty wallet. What's more, about 2% of those who gamble become addicted because they're always looking for the next win, or in this case, a rare Beanie Baby. They can't stop until they've lost everything. Not exactly child's play, right? But here's some good news. There's actually a happy ending to this story. Some former Beanie Baby collectors have started donating thousands of perfectly preserved critters to children's hospitals, police departments, and even the military. Nurses, police officers, and soldiers give them to scared little kids at home and in war-torn countries. Even if the toys are no longer worth millions, they're still really cute. (laughs) 
You've been listening to The Buzz. If you want to know more about fads and how they go viral, pick up my new book, Trending, How and Why Stuff Gets Popular for Readers Age 8 to 12 by me, Kira Vermont, and illustrated by the super hilarious Clayton Hanmer. It's full of stories about what makes a fad a fad, a trend a trend, and the surprising reasons we follow the herd in the first place. You can request trending from your local independent bookstore like Read With Me in Raleigh, North Carolina, or find it online at indigo, amazon, shop.alkids.com, or wherever you buy the books you are obsessed with. I'd like to thank David Carpenter and Nadia Vermont for lending their voice acting skills, Rob McLean and Don Matheson for technical guidance, Susan Scatting for being a fabulous first listener, and of course, Alison McLaughlin and Al Kids. By the way, if you would like to see me and Clayton present at your school or library via Zoom during these weird COVID times, reach out to us. We have a live drawing presentation ready to roll. And it's just like it sounds. I talk, Clayton draws, and we do all of this on your screen. You'll find contact information at my website, kiravermonkids.com. And don't forget, the next time you want to drink something that looks like a unicorn, know what you're in for. It tastes like orange trident gum and hot dog water later gator